Well, thank you, fellas. <clears throat> if you brought your Bibles this morning, please turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Using a different text than <clears throat> I normally would use on Easter. But uh, God spoke to me through during the week in this text, and I'd like for us to look at it because I believe he has a message for us. I'd like to speak to you this morning for just the time I have left and living a liberated life in the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Living a liberated life. Romans chapter 6, let's look at verses 1 through 11. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid... How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we're buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin may be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also or shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death had no dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead, indeed, unto sin. But alive, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Living a liberated life through the crucifixion, the, the, the death, the resurrection, the burial of Jesus Christ. I was uh, strolling through Walmart this past week and I was walking down the greeting card aisle and I noticed a section there in that aisle labeled Easter cards. And I began to stop and just began to, I stopped and I began to read those cards. And as I read those cards, I noticed that all of those Easter greetings ended with a special, uh, a special phrase. And it just simply said, Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Now, here's the question this morning for us to think about. Are you happy today? I mean, truthfully, can you say that you're happy? Are you, are you really happy? Does happiness in the Lord characterize your life? Are you happy? Now, I've discovered over the years as pastor that there are a lot of Christian, a lot of Christians, a lot of believers, a lot who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, call themselves followers of Christ, are failing to live in the freedom and the victory that the Bible talks about. They're everything but happy. And so this morning, are you happy? 
I've talked to many people today, and they'll say, well, I've tried and I've tried, but I can't seem to find the freedom that the Bible talks about. At times, I'm just, I feel like I'm just, uh, I'm just down in the pits. I'm never, I'm never happy. And they still feel that they're in bondage to some degree. They're enslaved to some degree. And so today, we need to learn from this passage that we can be set free. We can be emancipated. We can be set free uh, to live a liberated life in Jesus Christ. I like what Adrian Rogers said about being a liberated Christian. He said this, let me quote. He said, many believers never fully grasp the truth, the great truth, that the one who gave himself for us also gave himself to us, that we would have the power to live life and a life of victory. Now, I want you to think about this just for a moment. It would be terrible to continue to live as a slave after you've been set free, simply because no one told you you were free. Now, as I begin to think about that, that's what happened in Texas when Abraham Lincoln, President Lincoln, signed the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863. He signed it in 1863, and it took two years before word got to Texas. And the slaves there in Texas were free, but they were still living in bondage. How terrible. And then I began to think of something perhaps as tragic or more tragic. Other slaves got word of their freedom, but then they chose to live under their old master. They chose to stay on the plantation. Because slavery was the only thing that they had ever known. One group was free and had not heard about it. The other group had heard about it and chose to remain in slavery. And Romans 6 is the believer's emancipation proclamation. And Paul simply says that if you're a Christian, God forbid that you live any longer in sin. Look at verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And so the point is the grace of God doesn't excuse us to sin or it doesn't excuse us to live a defeated life. So Paul develops a thought in Romans 6 and he uses two key words I want to share with you this morning which will help us live a liberated life. Now, the first word is no, K-N-O-W. First of all, to live a liberated life, you need to know something about your salvation. Now, look at Romans 6, uh, verse 6 and 10, uh, through 10. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death had no dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. There's something that we need to know about salvation. You need to know that you're totally, now remember this, you are totally identified with Jesus Christ. You say, well, Brother Sammy, as a Christian, how close 
Can I become to Jesus? How close am I to Jesus? You're totally identified with Christ. Listen, everything that happened to Christ in his passion, at his crucifixion, at his death, at his burial, at his resurrection, everything that happened to Christ happened to you and it's happened to me. Meaning that when Jesus was on the cross, you, me, our old man, our old self, hung there too because Jesus was our substitute on that cross. He hung on the cross in my place. And so you as a Christian, we've become one with Christ even in his death. That's what Paul is saying. So you can't, listen, when you can't be the same after death. Think of that. You can't be the same after death as you were before death. And so, first, we're crucified with Christ. The the cross had my name on it. The cross had your name on it. Galatians 2.20 puts it this way. Galatians 2.20 simply says, I am crucified with Christ. See, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. So, the point is, you were nailed to the cross with Jesus... Because he was taking your place on that cross. Speaking to Christians. Now, R.G. Lee, great preacher many years ago, he had a dream of going to Israel. And one thing that he wanted to do when he got to Israel was to go to Golgotha, to go to Calvary. And so he made that journey to Calvary. He was with a tour group. And when they got to Calvary, the, uh, the tour guide simply gathered them around there on the mountain. And he simply asked a question. He said, how many of you have ever been here before? And Dr. Lee raised his hand. He said, yes, sir, when were you here? And he said, I was here about 2,000 years ago. You see, Dr. Lee understood the principle of being identified with Christ, even with his death. Now, if the old man, the person we used to be, was crucified with Christ, but then we are free from sin. We still have this old body, but sin does not have the power to keep us in bondage. Have you ever thought what would happen to a criminal who dies while they're waiting to be transferred to the penitentiary? Uh, What would become of his sentence? Well, his sentence really doesn't apply anymore. I mean, really, case closed. If he died before he was carried to the penitentiary. The authorities could have, they could send him on to the penitentiary, his corpse. They could even take his corpse to the execution chamber. Even a guilty man who was found to be guilty, later found to be innocent, but he died before they found him to be innocent. It it wouldn't affect him any because dead men are, are, are beyond human judgment, see? And so since you died with Christ, these old rules and old relationships really aren't the same anymore. Because of Calvary, you are no longer Satan's slave. We've been freed. So to begin to enjoy a liberated life, you have to know that you're free. You're free from guilt, and you're, you're free from living in bondage. Christ has set you free. You were crucified with Christ. Romans 6, verse 6 through 10. Now, secondly, jot this down. You were buried with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. 
Now I'm buried with Christ. Look at Romans 6, verse 3 and 5. 3 through 5. Notice what he says. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized unto Jesus Christ, were baptized unto his death. Therefore we're buried with him in baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. I was crucified with Christ when he was crucified. I was buried with Christ. Now this this is pretty exciting to me. Not only did Jesus' death have my name on it, but his grave had my name on it. I mean, when, you, when they placed Jesus in the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, not only was that Jesus' tomb, but that was my tomb. The old man, the person I was before I got saved, I was crucified with Christ. That old man that was crucified with Christ was buried with Jesus in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, a borrowed tomb. Just a few minutes ago, Haley was baptized. And I said something before I baptized her. I said, you've been crucified with Christ. And now you're going to be buried in the likeness of his death. And I placed her under the water. You see, baptism symbolizes burial with Christ. When we were baptized, we were buried in a liquid tomb. And so, testifying that our sins are in the tomb of of God's forgiveness. You see... The devil would love to remind you from time to time about how bad you are or how bad you were as a Christian. Um, I mean, he would, love to, he would love to point out your fallacies before you got saved. He does that from time to time. But when the devil tries to remind you as a Christian of all of the, of the sins of your past, when he begins to harass you about your old life, just tell him that person's dead. That person's dead. That person doesn't exist anymore. I've been crucified with Christ. The funeral's been held. I've been buried. I've been buried in a liquid tomb. And that old person has passed away. So baptism is the believer's spiritual funeral. And we're buried with Christ in baptism. That's, that's why I believe in immersion. It's symbolic. You know, every time that a person goes into a watery grave of baptism, it pictures the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Christ came and he died on the cross for my sins and he was buried and then he arose again. That's the gospel. And baptism pictures part of that gospel. So to begin to enjoy liberated living, you have to know that you were crucified with Christ and you have to know that you died with Christ and and then you were buried then you must know that you were raised with Christ to walk in a new life. You see, you identified with him when you were placed in that watery grave. You identified with him at his his resurrection when you were brought up out of that water. Isn't that amazing? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad today that when you were baptized as a believer that you didn't stay under? Aren't you glad of that? Yeah, you were brought up. You You were raised up. Jesus didn't stay in the tomb. He didn't stay in the tomb. I didn't stay in the tomb. We were raised up in the likeness, in the newness of life. So you came out as a new person. 
2 Corinthians 5.17 says it this way. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So today, you are a new person. Remember, your baptism is only a symbol of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's happy Easter. It really is. It, it can be happy if you know that you've been crucified with Christ, that you've been buried with Christ, and that you've been raised with Christ as a new person, and old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And let me share one more thing real quick. You need to know something, but you need to reckon something. Look at verse 11. There's a word there I picked up on, and let me share it with you real quick. You need to reckon something to enjoy liberated living. He says, likewise, reckon, underline that word, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You need to reckon. Reckoning has to do with appropriating all that Jesus has for you. Reckoning is a bookkeeping term. It speaks of something that you calculate, that you count on, something that's not a matter of fact or a feeling. You, you don't pretend that you're victorious in Christ. You know you're victorious in Christ. You don't try to produce it yourself. You don't try to, to strain and, and do things that would not be coming for you to do. You reckon yourself in Christ. To reckon means you act in faith on what you know to be a fact. And, and that's what Paul says. Paul says, likewise, reckon, based on the facts, reckon yourself, also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. So the fact that you know that Christ died for you and the fact that you know you died with him, reckon on that. Add up the facts. Then make a decision. If you're saved today, uh, you know how to reckon. You know how to add up the facts. If you're a Christian today, you know how to reckon. You heard about Christ. You heard that Christ came as God's Son, that Christ died on the cross for your sins, that you, you believe that, that Christ is the Savior, and you placed your faith in Christ. You turned from your sins. You repented and placed your faith in Him. You trusted His sacrificial death on the cross that you would be forgiven if you just pray and call on His name to save you. Romans 10, verse 13. You added up all the facts as a, a bookkeeper would atomize and, and add to a ledger. Then you carried that, that to the bank of heaven and you cashed it in. And based on all of those facts that you reckoned, you asked Christ to come into your life and save you. Let me close with this illustration about reckoning. Let's just suppose you were sleeping hard one night, worked hard all day long, and, and uh, all of a sudden the alarm went off. And uh, it's the next morning, and you thought, well, I just laid down. I can't believe it's already morning. Your eyes say, I can't believe it's morning. I mean, it feels like I just went to bed, but the alarm clock says, it's morning. It's morning. And then... You know, you, you get up and you stagger into the kitchen and you're thinking, it just can't be morning. And the clock on the coffee maker says it's morning and the clock on the microwave says it's morning. And you go and you pull the blinds in the living room and the sun comes in and, and the sun says that it's morning. And, and uh, now your body and your eyes, you know, uh, are tired and, 
And, and it feels like to them it's the middle of the night. But you'd be real foolish to go back to bed and, and even, uh, you know, even everything, even the rotation of the earth is telling you that it's morning. You see, it doesn't matter how you feel. When you reckon, take in all the facts into consideration, it's, uh, it's time to get up. It, it's morning. Here's the point. Biblical reckoning involves making the decision based on the facts that you have. Now, we have a lot of facts about Christ being the Son of God. We have a lot of facts about his birth. We have a lot of facts about his death. We have a lot of facts even today celebrating his resurrection. Taking and reckon all those facts, it's time for you to make a decision about trusting Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. I can't reckon and not make a decision. I have to look at the facts, and based on those facts, I have to make a decision. You see, to live victorious, I must know something about my salvation. I must know that I was crucified with Christ, that I was buried with Christ, and I was raised with Christ. I must know that in order to live a liberated life. And then I must reckon something. Based on the facts, I have to trust Jesus Christ. Regardless what's happening in my day, regardless what's happening in my life, Based on the facts, based on the facts. When trouble comes, the fact is, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. When those things come that I don't understand, all things work together to the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. I'm reckoning on the facts. And when I do that, and I know what my salvation's about, then I can live a liberated life and not be in bondage. I hope you're that way this morning. You can be. I pray that you will choose Christ this morning to be your Lord, your Savior. Let's have a word of prayer together. Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts. My goodness, Lord, as I began to think about Romans chapter 6 and to realize when you died, I died. When I accepted you as my Savior, I, I was crucified with you. Then I was buried with you. And I came up out of the water. I was raised with you in a newness of life. You changed my life. And so I thank you for that. And because of knowing about my salvation, I can live a liberated life. And Father, I've reckoned things in my life. And that's built my faith. That's strengthened my faith. And I can go on regardless what happens because I take your fact over how I might feel, and I'm able to be liberated and live life to its fullest. I thank you for that. I pray for each person here this morning. There's some here that are in bondage, some are in slavery, and they're even Christians. They really are. They haven't realized. They've been set free. They've been set free, but they still live in that bondage. So I pray today that the words in Romans 6 has given them Lord, the knowledge that they can be liberated if they'll know and if they'll reckon. Thank you for what you're going to do in our invitation time in Jesus' name. Amen.